Welcome to episode 601 of the PS Nation podcast. That is a lot of episodes. Um, with you, uh, as pretty much always, other than when I choose not to be here, uh, I'm Dave. We are joined by Michael Swick. How's it going, everybody? And Josh Langford. That's me. Uh, only because she'll give me crap anyways, but and she edits the podcast anyway. So today is my wife's birthday. So as a bonus, uh, we're going to throw her a curveball on how she edits. <laughs> I'm sorry, why are you here if it's her birthday? Because it's late enough at night and she's already asleep. Uh, no. She had to work today and I had to work today, so it's the way it goes. All right, if you say so. <laughs> Why is there why is there a pillow and a blanket behind you? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. So, um beginning another new beginning for PS Nation. Obviously, you know, 600 uh was Tons of positive feedback from you guys. I know you guys all loved hearing all the different voices and things like that. But uh, now we're going to try to get back into our new routine. So we're going to throw some other stuff into the show again and let us know what you guys think. So just evolving over time. So, All right. So for those of you that are listening to the podcast and are still listening, thank you so much. Um, You can subscribe to the podcast through the website, psnation.com. You can click on the RSS feed subscription and it will email you every time that the show is posted onto our RSS feed. If you're using any uh, podcast services, there are probably numerous ones that I don't even know about and a ton that I can name as well, but I won't. Um, You can subscribe through it through there, and whenever we post, it'll let you know. If you have the ability to leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. You can leave the review, I know for sure, on iTunes, or you can also just leave reviews on our Facebook page. So whichever works for you, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, and if you use Stitcher to stream the podcast, you can subscribe to us through Stitcher as well. All right, so let's get into some news. One of the worst kept secrets, Michael. Uh, I think they announced this way beforehand, but <laughs> Red Dead Redemption... Two's online multiplayer launches this week, and it is going to be in phases. So, from what I understand, the rollout will be Tuesday, November twenty seventh, which is already either you're listening, depending on when this is released, and you're playing right now. Um, Ultimate Edition owners will be able to play Tuesday, November twenty seventh. Everyone who played the game on October twenty sixth will be able to play on Wednesday, November twenty eighth. And then Thursday, November 29th, all players of Redemption, Red Dead Redemption 2 between October 26th and 29th. And then Friday, all players who own Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> At so least it's what about simple. The ones, yeah, what about the ones that hopped on one foot while playing the game? Uh, yeah. they, they have to wait, you know, to, to the <laughs> it's out of beta. So it looks like they, they this is what happens when they learn from the, the woes of Grand Theft Auto Online. And they're just going to make this as painful as possible for people. Luckily, the waves aren't that too far apart. They're only a day. Okay, guys, we we know that only a million people bought the Ultimate Edition, so we can do that as a server test first. (laughs) And and they make sure to say, uh, you know, like, the people who purchased it on October 26th, according to their data. So the people that have played it on there, they they have you time-stamped, they tracked you. Yeah, Yeah. who played it. 
So So if you if you put the data disc in and didn't play it, it don't count. Yeah. <laughs> or if you were not online. Yeah. yeah. So you'd have to wait. If you if you played at if your game didn't launch until twelve oh one, you might have to wait to the next day to play. Because they're they're being very very cautious. This it makes sense though Grand Theft Auto five didn't really suffer too much from its terrible launch. But they they wanna this is the biggest game of the year, so they want to make sure they keep all that positivity, even though they already cashed all the checks. <laughs> they're they're pretty good. Uh, any? Did they say what's going to be in the beta? Um, I mean, Online. it's just the open world game. Um, I think the beta is literally just to see if their servers can handle it. So they they'll add more stuff to it. Um, explore the world solo with friends. Form a posse of up to seven players. Hunting, fishing. Visiting towns, fighting enemy gains, hideouts. Sounds like pretty much everything that you did in the previous Red Dead uh, Online. And they'll be rolling out more stuff uh, as the beta continues. <laughs> How uh, are the ladders? Or the ladders. Maybe they'll improve the ladders for Josh and he'll be able to get on there. Yeah. Uh, well, if I get the game. If you get the game. <laughs> yeah. I, this is what I'm waiting for because I kind of dropped off Red Dead completely. Like, it's it did not hold my attention at all. So. Huh. Um, hopefully the online can do something for me. Uh, but I'll talk about that a little later when what we're playing on why Red Dead's not doing anything <laughs> for me. All right. Uh, Josh, you want to take the second one? I know nothing about it. I can take it. This <laughs> yeah. is, this is one of my <laughs> he last. He just put it up right before we started. Yeah. Oh, okay. I always put last second. You, you can add the third one. Yeah. So. Um, so this one was kind of funny. I just saw it on VG 24 seven and it is the PlayStation exclusive agent was finally abandoned by Rockstar and Take-Two. So the uh, trademark filings for Agent, which was announced in 2009 as an exclusive for the PS3, which, to this point, no one would confirm or deny it was dead, even though we all knew it was dead. Uh, They finally let the trademark lapse. Um, The last time they updated it was in 2015, so it hasn't been updated in three years, which means they officially lose that trademark. Which means it's probably like one more random bullshit question we don't have to hear about every couple of years. Because it's finally over. Because I, I think this was announced a lo- along with Final Fantasy uh, 13 and The lar- la- Last Guardian. Or something like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> this has been around a really long time and it's, it's, finally, it's finally over, guys. It's not oh, happening. Gosh. All right. Okay. Rockstar owes Sony an exclusive somewhere down the line. <laughs> It'll be funny. I wonder how that contract worked out. Clearly, there was nothing made. There was like nothing there. But I wonder if like one of the PSP or Vita th- games just like took care of that like exclusive game. I th- oh, all right. So nothing. Um, nothing was released. But there, I swear there was something made. I swear Glenn and I saw something at E3 at one point, like when they first announced it. There was a game around the same time called The Agency that was like a PS3 MMO that never really took off mm. around the same time. I don't know. I I don't know. We saw something. It's totally possible. Yeah. It. But, okay. So, speaking of the PS3, the server shutdown uh, that was supposed to wipe out Warhawk, Twisted Metal, Sound Shapes... And PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale has been postponed. So this was supposed to happen last 
October, last October, you know, way back then, a whole month ago, on October 25th. Uh, but now it has been pushed back to at least January 31st, 2019. And that's all we know. Um, and, I, and I think this happened because in Warhawk's game, fine print, like on the back of the yeah, case, the Eula. I don't, mm, it says something about 90 days notice. Yep. They had to push I, it back because of that, apparently. I don't necessarily know that that's why. I mean... It's almost 90 days exactly, Josh. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I still don't know that that's necessarily why. I mean, you may be able to say, yeah, it's almost 90 days and... and that's why, but I don't think they were going to actually get sued over that. They just got done with the uh, class action. People with the class action lawsuits just <laughs> got paid out. They're ten dollars, so maybe they're just worried about opening up the checkbook one more time for a dollar. Yeah, there's always um, someone that wants to sue. Yeah, but it's entirely possible that you know whatever that site was that they said was being shut down just isn't being shut down until January for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever the reason, it doesn't matter. Uh, the fact is you've got another two months to play, uh, these games online, specifically Warhawk. I mean, the only good one here. Yeah. Oh, sound shapes there's... is good. Sound, sound, sound shapes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have any Coca-Cola, so I'm drinking whiskey right now. All right, then. Uh, he's already slurring. Yep. <laughs> Well, with Sound Shapes, see how it's done? Uh, You can share your levels with the community or download community-created levels. So you might want to do all that now. This was my Disney Infinity scramble to download as many of the community-created levels and worlds uh, that I could, all the good ones that I could find before those servers shut down. So you might want to be looking to do that with sound shapes as well. Uh, yeah, Warhawk. Warhawk is good. Uh, Warhawk will still be available to play online, but local network. Yeah, online, land. not like online, online, just land play. Um, so yeah, you're kind of stuck with that, unfortunately. But that is a small reprieve. And should make some people happy. <laughs> and All right. this should and, not make some people happy. Yeah. And a piece <laughs> of news that almost shook Michael to make us record something before we, we said, before recorded we... <laughs> an emergency episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, PlayStation is not planning to attend E3 2019. So Game Informer broke this. Um, and as a quote from their Game Informer article, as the industry evolves, Sony Interactive Entertainment continues to look... T- for uh, inventive opportunities to engage the community. The, you know, the company told Game Informer in a statement, PlayStation fans mean the world to us, and we always want to innovate. Think differently and, and experiment with new ways to delight gamers. As a result, we have decided not to participate in E3 2019. We are exploring new and familiar ways to engage our community in 2019 and cannot wait to share our plans with you. So that's the biggest thing. And then... Uh, Game Informer pushed a little bit on uh, the person that they were interviewing, and pretty much she said, we will not activate or hold a press conference around E3. Yep. So, so I, that's huge, because Sony has been at every E3 for the past 24 years. 
Mm-hmm. Um, 2019 is the 25th anniversary of the PlayStation. So it's entirely possible that they're planning some other massive event on their own. And the money for that, the money that they would have spent on their E3 booth is going into that. The money that they would have spent on the PlayStation experience this December and next E3 might all be going into some massive months long 25th anniversary celebration of PlayStation. Uh, But we'll see, you know, when 2019 rolls around, um, I mean, it's going to be weird having Sony not there, but you know, for us, Sony was obviously a part of our show. Um, but if you got down to the nitty gritty, they were less than 10% of our coverage. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many other publishers there and so many smaller companies there that we go to see all week long that, you know, it's just going to be room for us to get to more people next year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you, re- if you really broke it down, I think we had like four appointments with Sony and the Sony press conference. And those were the only official Sony E3 things that we were doing. Yeah. yeah. But they always had that press room where we could get hands on, on a lot yeah. of the games that were upcoming, which was kind of cool. Um, but you know, we played a lot of the games that are currently upcoming, at least the ones that have been announced. We've already played them. So this shouldn't be too surprising. Like the last two years, Sony's presence there has felt like they're slowly pulling away in terms of, you know, they got rid of all the indies in their booth, uh, two years ago. And then last or this year, they kind of just had three like, uh, theater rooms, like Destiny, and then a stage with a huge gap on the floor where people could just sit on the on beanbag chairs or whatever. Yeah, I mean, Wait, essentially their, their booth, yeah. the, their booth, their booth this year consisted of that little two that two level thing of For about play, sixteen, yeah, yeah, sixteen PSVR games that they had available, and Spider Man was playable, yeah. Black Ops Four was okay, playable, yeah. and Des- and Destiny Forsaken. But then was there was playable. like the huge gap on the floor. Like they had a and stage. then they had a live stream stage, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. like a big seating arrangement. Yeah. So in terms of like things that people could, you know, like in comparison, like if you, you know, my first E three that I went to, like Sony's booth, you could just walk up to a area of their booth and they had rows of TVs with different games on them. There was probably, I mean, I don't even remember the number, but I mean, maybe twenty five or thirty different games that you could play that might not only be coming to PlayStation, but, you know, like the indie games or other, you know, other titles of where Sony was letting them use some of their resources to show their game to where I was playing a game before. And like the game, I was talking to somebody and I find out when I'm done playing, like I was talking to the guy that made the game. But (laughs) all right. So for your, but for your first E3, was there still overlap? I mean, Vita was there on the floor. No, it wasn't. No, this, my first E3 was, uh, uh, no, I don't think. Yeah, I, th- was there Vita? I, I don't think there was no Vita. I don't think there was any Vita on the sales floor. My first E3 because that was four years ago. Hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, the wait, Vita would have to be four years ago. Vita would have to be on the floor. But that's they weren't. It wasn't on the floor. Like there was Vita games that were playable in other booths and things like that. But the Vita, like you could not walk up to a like a kiosk and play a Vita game. I have to look at my pictures. Is that when we hunted <laughs> for Vitas that one year? Or like yeah, we found we were. like the one Vita on was, the floor was like in Farming Simulator. No, the the one Vita on the floor that last time that we all did that was Atlas was one of the persona. Uh-huh. No, no, um, I'm talking about Dave's first year is the year that like, we couldn't find a Vita on the floor at all until we like found one at farming simulator or something like that. I need to go back and look at my pictures. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it is because we that's, see it as, go ahead. Uh, you're saying four years ago, that's only like two years into the Vita's lifespan. I don't think they dropped it two years into the lifespan. I, I don't remember though. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> But I mean, in comparison to uh, as you've seen them get smaller, like and these big games have come out, and like I think that's where we're at right now is that they are kind of ramping up for next gen and things like that. Like you don't you don't have the Gran Turismo cars anymore, you don't have the Farpoint display anymore, you don't have you know like the Horizon you know game that they were pitching a new IP, you know like all that stuff. Like to where they like what are they going to do like what would they have done at like PSX this year or you know even at E3 like in terms of yeah they could have like announced new IPs you know or new games but i feel like this lets sony control the time frame of when they want to talk about this stuff yeah and and i'm wondering so they said they're going to look at like holding familiar events or like community events i'm wondering if PSX was canceled this year because PSX is going to happen next year, but like in the middle of the year, like, and they didn't want to have it I that close or they're going to have some sort of a fan event either to announce the next PlayStation or just to do their I, own yeah. thing. I think they're going to do the New York city thing again in February. It, it's totally possible. Uh, and say PS five is a thing. Yeah. Here's three trailers and they'll throw Cerny, uh, Mark Cerny on the stage and have him talk about the stuff. No, I, I don't think they're ready for that because... I think late summer, fall, we'll get a PSX type of thing announcement for PS5. Yeah, because, because they've they've said that PS... The next PlayStation probably isn't coming until 2021, 20, I think. 2021 is, is like what they said. 2021. They said one of their... One of the... One of the people that was spoken to, they said, in the next three years as we ramp up. Yeah, when they were talking about... I figured exactly what they're Which would be 2021. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm looking at pictures from 2014. Um, was that from the last E3. year? No, 2014 for E3. And this, this is why I was asking you what was going on, because there was still PS3 stuff all over the floor. Then in I 2014. wasn't there. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that was also the year they announced PlayStation TV. Yeah, 2015 would have been my first E3 okay. if I'd been to four. Okay. I think 20. 2014 was Michael and Emra's first one. Yeah, yeah. And that there was a lot of Vita games uh, that year. Or at least my first year. And then it slowly... You saw Sony's booth change over the last couple of years. And the, the one I was thinking about where it was just like Destiny and Battlefield, that was two years ago where everyone was upset because they literally only had like two multiplayer games played and you need right. an appointment to get in. Um, someone pulled up a great thing um, about uh, during PSX last year where Sean Layden was quoted saying like he, he I don't have the exact quote, but he just wasn't like, ha- you can tell he wasn't happy of the way E3 how it's been handled by the ESA in terms of opening it to the public and 
how mm. ESA doesn't know if it's a trade show or a fan show. And if they didn't pick a lane, it was going to just be more problematic for them. And it's true. Like, we saw the way E3 was handled the last two years. Uh, this year was actually not too bad with the public, but that first year was just kind of a train wreck. Like, no one was having a good time. And I can see a company like Sony just being like, listen, the ESA doesn't know what exactly they want to do. We're going to bail. We've seen other companies bail from E3 before and come back. Activision bailed and then came back. Microsoft bailed this year, and it sounds like as soon as this announcement was made, they hopped up on Twitter saying, like, yep, we'll be at E3 2019. Let's get it. You know, like, people come and go yeah, but what, E3 what, is, all the what time. does that mean, though? Like, I, for me, what does that mean for Microsoft? Microsoft took over their own theater, which is directly across from the, the convention center, it probably, and they put, a, they put a mixer booth on the show, on the show, pro- on the show floor. Yeah, it probably means they you know, take back their original space, and then they probably take Sony space too, because those booths are right next to each other. And just blow it out. And just... They were in different halls this year, though. That mixer booth was in, was in the other hall. Yeah, but their, their previous years, they, they were always, yeah. you know, the, that famous wall, the Xbox PlayStation wall. They probably get that space back and some of the PlayStation space. And I don't know exactly, because I don't know if any of their games will be ready next year to show, but they at least now know that they'll have, like, a huge chunk of the press conference day coverage because they would do theirs in the morning and then most of the time people would forget about it by the time the PlayStation was done at night. So they have an opportunity to get a lot of the like talking points. They can get all the headspace they want during E3 because they can have the major press conference of E3. Yeah, pres- pres- presuming that Sony doesn't come out 10 days before E3 and punch them in the face multiple times. I don't think they could because <laughs> I think people would be upset if they just announced randomly just like, yo, we're going to actually do a press conference. You know? No, but I meant if they did a, if they did a fan event or announced a fan event like at the end of June. You know? Yeah, I, I wonder like when they'll announce their own events. I hope it's not just PSX in December because I kind of want something more. I mean, we're still all going to plan to go to E3 as far as I know. Just because like, well, there's I'm still sure that, a ton of stuff to see at E3. Yeah, but they're still going to they're still going to do Tokyo Game Show. They're still going to do Paris Games Week. Yeah. They're still going to do you know other stuff. But I, I just want my big bombastic PlayStation conference or something. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully we get something more. But this is kind of killer for E3 because, you know, in terms of this is a major company leaving and like they, the 15,000 people they let in the public, a good chunk of them have to be people that are just diehard PlayStation fans that just want to see the PlayStation stuff. So I'm sure that's going to affect them a little bit. Not that there's not going to be PlayStation things to play at the E3, but how will the ticket things go? Will they just start trying to sell more tickets? Will they see attendance drop with that? Like this E3 now, E3 2019 is going to be like make or break for the ESA in terms of if they can still make E3 a trade show worth doing. Well, they're still, they're still in that balancing act of the reason that people pulled out in the first place was because they opened it to the public. And because it became such a clusterfuck, getting, I mean, there were there were problems with theft before yeah. the show even started. There were problems with 
getting press in to see games and and just the mess it was on the show floor and none of the people wanted to deal with that anymore they were like this is not you know we come to E3 with a very specific agenda and now you fuck that whole agenda up by letting in the public yeah and, and they, a lot and they of softened, them really they softened didn't like it a that. little bit. A they little softened bit. it a, a little bit by opening at the show floor at nine to press and at like noon to the public. Yeah, so a little bit. That, like we were in the in the in the convention center, not having to try to get in. But yes. yeah, when they opened now, it to the public, it still got nutty in there. And and you saw what what that became with those lines outside in the in the hot California sun waiting yeah. for security. Um. But then on top of that, now Sony has left. Does that, I mean, what does that do? How does that open their eyes and go, oh shit, now what do we, we really have to rethink what we're doing here? Or do they just go on business as usual and, you know, try to well, play it what, off? What'll be interesting to me though is, and I mean, I know that I, I read the quote and everything like that, but I would be curious to see if Sony would even, when Activision pulled off the floor two years ago, they were still upstairs in meeting rooms. They still had a, mm-hmm. a brief presence. The, you, they were not seen at all by the public. You could not get up there, and it, it was in a conference room, like off the thing. So yeah. I'd be curious if something might be there, like Josh, like you were talking about, like like to where like we could go play like two or three games, like upstairs in a room, you know. Would there still be a ski room? You know, the Sony Europe. Will they still yeah, have? Uh, sim- similar to that. Yeah, yeah. Sony Europe. Mm. Well, because Actually, E3, yeah. there's still business deals that happen. Like, when you go up to that concourse second floor area, like, yeah. that's where all the suits are. And yeah. To think that Sony's like, nope, like, we're not going to be there. Like, they'll... They'll still send John Drake, be, the third-party guy, to go, like, <laughs> make deals and stuff like that. Sony executives yeah. will still be there. They're just not going to have a show floor presence. Well, that might be it. They might not have that public presence, but they may very well have that Sony Europe presence upstairs. Yeah. You know, behind closed doors. I, that it all depends. Possible. I would, yeah, I would fully expect us to know by the time E3 2019 happens. Either Sony has done something, or Sony has announced what they will yeah. be doing. Yeah, like, one of those two is going to happen. That's why, yeah. like, I'm trying to make it a priority for me to go to GDC next year. Is because that's when you'll start hearing hints about stuff. You know, that's when you'll start hearing developers do that thing of just like, yeah, we're making this tech for future boxes, you know, that type of stuff. And I'm sure that stuff's already starting to talk, but I'm sure during GDC we'll probably get a hint, because that's in, like, March, of, like, what the rest of the year for PlayStation's going to be. It's not going to be any front-facing stuff happening at GDC, but you'll start hearing the rumblings coming out of GDC in terms of, like, yeah, they're, they're planning to do something later on this year even if that means they wait until december to do another psx and then that's because i get you know if they do psx in december um i guess that would be one of those things you know december 2019 where that would probably be a good time to say ps5 in 2020 you know but i still i get the feeling it's not coming until 2021 yeah and that's another thing like if they announce a ps5 in december that will wreck their holiday sales for the ps4 yeah, they're yeah, not going to do which, that. Yeah. Which is part of the reason why I think that we we would hear something in February and March similar to how they announced the PS4. Pretty much them coming out and saying PS5 is a thing. Here are like very very short trailers of here's 
you know, I don't. I mean, I'm truly speculating here, but here's Gorilla's next game, like, or here's what, you know, like, you know, I Gorilla is the first one that comes to mind because they've been somewhat dormant since Horizon came out, um, you know, or here's like, you know, a teaser for what Sony Santa Monica is doing, like, and that you get those two or three things, and then like I said, Cerny comes on the stage and starts talking about the basic of what their goal is with the PS5. Then they kind of go silent again until if they do a holiday event in 2019 and then if they if everything goes well and they decide that they want to show back up on the show floor at E3 in 2020 or they do something in in you know late late spring early summer 2020 saying here you go you're getting it in holiday 2020 or you're getting it early 2021 like you know march april okay here's what you do you release a death stranding trailer randomly in a year and at the end of the trailer it just has only on ps5 (laughs) break the internet it's funny though because like they have all these games that kind of don't have release dates you have ghost of tsushima you have uh the last of us part two you have death stranding Uh, those are games that I mean, Death Train is probably the one that will straddle PS4, PS5. Last of Us Part 2, they've been pretty straightforward with that one. I believe that that's like uh, definitely coming yeah. PS4, and I, I don't know if they've said 2019, but I, I feel like they have. It's going to be funny because, you know, these are all games that don't really have release dates. You know, that could just end up being next gen if it is tw- if it's not 2021. If, it's t- if the console is 2020, then these games definitely will probably like straddle that and maybe pull a last guardian where it's like oh this is a ps3 game and then it's like nope it's ps4 uh though they i don't know if they can take that backlash uh if they pull that so i don't know next year's gonna be super weird you know e3 is gonna have like uh is gonna have to find itself again and then playstation's gonna make some moves we just don't know when it's gonna hit us but yeah all right so just to wrap up uh just put a bow on what I was what we were talking about before uh 2014 E3 <laughs> mm-hmm. uh there were vitas all over the floor um mm-hmm. and they have had and this reminded me they have had like a stage set up for live stream stuff in their booth yeah for years yeah yeah um, this year's though was kind of so big. T- 2015, which you say was probably your first E3, uh, that was the one where they had they first set up that two-story thing for VR. Yeah. So VR took over a big chunk of the booth, and then out on away from all that, that's where they lined up rows of TVs because they were really pushing the look at all these indie developers look at all these oh. games we have on ps4 so that was the whole reason for I think throwing some of that all that out there dedicated to the ps2 classics too wasn't it no, yes. no, P- yeah and ps yeah. now i think and, yeah and yeah. that's why they did all that they they wanted to really stick it in everybody's face look at all the games for ps4 and look at all the support for ps4 yeah. they were they were still at that point in time in the early stages of the console war where they were kind yeah. of like they weren't pulling away from Microsoft like they recently did in you know 2015 and 2016. Yeah, this was the start of the console generation essentially. I mean, it was 2014, mm-hmm. right? That's when it released. Yeah. Uh, am I high? 
<laughs> no, I think I think that's right. Yeah, I mean that 2015 booth picture, Josh. Like you said, it should have the VR stuff. It should have had a big Destiny thing, um, like a an area that Destiny was playable because that's when they announced like Taken King and everything like that. Yep. All right, so new releases for December. Wow, December. Yeah, all right, so Tuesday, December 4th. Uh, The first couple of games we have here, uh, let's start with Word Hunters. Uh, This is a game that is, it's a PlayLink game. It's 1999, it's rated E. It's uh, from Wired Productions. It's a PlayLink title, as I said. It's a bunch of word party games um, set for the whole family Uh, it's drop in drop out multiplayer for two to six people and you can change the language within the game so you can work on your uh, foreign language vocabulary French, Italian, German and Spanish Uh, then we have another playlink game also from Wired Productions called Just Deal With It and this is 1999. It's rated T. It's five classic card games that you play on mobile devices and your PS4 with PlayLink. Poker, Blackjack, Crazy Eights, Rummy, and Hearts. And two to ten players in the same room or online. Yeah, there's leaderboards, all that stuff. Uh, then we have a game called Smash Hit Plunder which is a VR title it's $29.99 the rating is to be determined Perpetual is publishing this it's a game from Triangular Pixels it's got two player co-op and two to play two to four player verses Uh, it's set in a castle a medieval castle with ghosts and stuff and you're running around and just smashing the crap out of things apparently uh, looking for hidden treasure in the castle Uh, then we have the Persona games Persona 3 Dancing in Moonlight Persona 5 Dancing in Starlight and the Persona Dancing Endless Night Collection Persona 3 and 5 are $59.99 each, rated T each. The Endless Night Collection, if you're interested in this thing, is the way to go. This is $99.99. It has the Persona 3 and 5 dancing games and Persona 4, uh, which is apparently the only way you can get the Persona 4 dancing game on the PS4 Hmm. is through the bundle. So that means Andy's going to buy all three of these games. No, that means Andy already got all three of them for review. And the review is up as this podcast is out. And I also have a copy of all of them. And they're really fun. (laughs) (laughs) But it still means Andy's going to buy them because he just does that. He might. I mean, the the (laughs) physical edition comes with some other stuff that obviously the digital editions do not. Um, The physical collection uh, has, well, I think, I guess it is just the physical collection of all of them. Uh, It comes in a, like a book, hardcover art book packaging. 
hmm. which is an interesting way to package the whole thing. Uh, Persona 4, you get two discs, a disc for Persona 3 and Persona 5. Uh, 4 is the digital download, obviously, and you get some uh, add-ons, character add-ons and things like that. Uh, so it's kind of cool. Nice. Um, then we have trying to rush through these uh, Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom thirty nine ninety nine. This is E ten plus. This is from FDG Entertainment. Uh, the launch editions of this, so the early, I guess, the first run of these include a twenty four page full color instruction manual and two sticker sheets. Uh, this one's all hand-drawn animation, 15 hours of adventure, um, based on the Wonder Boy and Monster World series, up to six playable characters, and there's a ton of in-game languages supported, like English, French, Italian, German, Spanish, Japanese, Brazilian, Portuguese, Korean, and Chinese. Simplified Chinese. Uh, then we have... Wait, did I tell you? $39.90, 10 plus, yeah. You did <laughs> Then now. we have a game, yes, called Override Mech City Brawl Supercharged Mega Edition. Can't it's, wait to see Josh put that on a banner. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't <laughs> think we're getting this one for review. Uh, this is $39.99, it's rated T, it's from Modus. So it's a 3D mech-based brawler. And you're cruising through real through real world cities, essentially. Um, Tokyo, uh, Cairo, I guess, uh, San Francisco and Mexico City, um, real world locations, essentially. Uh, Twelve different pilots and mechs um, that are gigantic and multiplayer modes. Uh, local and online versus and co-op modes, two to four friends with party co-op and craziness. Uh, then we have Hellblades and it was Sacrifice. The game Michael claimed was never coming. Someone already corrected edition. me on Twitter. <laughs> I know. Uh, 29.99 rated M. It's getting a physical edition. Yay. And this, I didn't know this was coming out next week, for fuck's sake. Just Cause 4. <laughs> Probably reason hitting. why no one really knows it's coming out next week. Yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in this. Fifty-nine Well, I've played it at a couple different events. And, I mean, it's Just Cause, you know? But 3 didn't really grab me. It just, like, they, they tried to add too much stuff in to the formula, and it just felt like it was... It was too much. There's also you know, kind of glitchy the... or broken for some people. Yeah. It's called filler, Josh. No, no, it wasn't filler. It was the way they, you know, they changed the way his um, his grapple gun works. And then you can do multiple grapples and you can change the gravity on it. And you can do this and change the tension. And it just got, to, I'm like, just, can I just play, you know? You just want to blow shit up. Yeah, it got too complicated. Um, and this, like, steps it up a notch and makes it even more complicated. Uh, there's also a gold edition, which is eighty nine ninety nine, And the gold edition includes the expansion pass, 
the Black Hand Weaponized uh, Wingsuit, the Black Hand Stealth Microjet, just a bunch of DLC stuff, basically. The Golden Gear Wingsuit and Parachute, Golden Gear Shotgun, 24 Hours Early Access. (laughs) There it is. Yep. (laughs) And the pre-order bonus Neon Racer Pack, and an exclusive from Amazon exclusive digital mini-map, which isn't what? They're an in-game map that's digital as so well. Only, so it's, <laughs> wait, I, what, is, what does Amazon have? Something, I don't get that part. I, yeah. Usually it's a, it's a physical thing. No, it's a digital mini-map. It's a USB drive with a map on it. It's a mini-map in the game, I would assume. You um, hope. <laughs> so you put, but if you don't buy it from Amazon, you don't get a mini-map in the game. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, Square. So yeah, I did, I'm just imagining Square. Just, they're releasing this quietly in December, and then they'll be like, "It didn't sell 10 million units, so we have to move on." It's like, okay, Square. Yeah. Oh, um, Square. All right. So there's also on uh, Thursday, December sixth, a game called Jagged Alliance Rage. Uh, this uh, is Thursday. Yes, twenty nine ninety nine. It's rated M. This is a THQ Nordic published, uh, handy games developed. Uh, Jagged Alliance is back with a new take on turn based tactics, adventure elements, and well known quirky mercenaries. Set twenty years after the first Jagged Alliance, this spin off lets you experience a road trip into a jungle hell. Uh, yeah. It's got (laughs) two-player online co-op game, and there's three characters on the box. (laughs) Two-player online co-op, turn-based tactical gameplay. Um, Yeah, and that's what that is. Uh, Friday, December 7th. We have three games coming on Friday. Uh, We have Hello Neighbor Hide and Seek, which is $29.99. It's rated T, Gearbox Publishing, and Tiny Build. Uh, this is a dynamic pixels game. This follows the tragic story of the neighbor's family in this dramatic prequel to Hello Neighbor. So you find out his backstory, basically. Uh, experience playing a game of hide-and-seek with your brother as you both deal with the loss of a family member. The game explains the events that lead up to the original stealth horror hit, Hello Neighbor. Then we have a game called Subnautica which is twenty nine ninety nine. also, or no, this is E10+. Plus. Uh, this is also Gearbox Publishing and the developer's Unknown Worlds Entertainment. It's an underwater adventure game set on an alien ocean planet. Uh, your ship crashes into the water and then you have to survive, craft, um... You've got all the different underwater wildlife, cave systems to explore, all kinds of stuff. Uh, looks interesting, but, you know, who knows? And then finally, the one somebody's been waiting for, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. PUBG is coming to the PlayStation 4, $29.99 rated T. Yeah, I and don't know. I was excited for this, but Blackout is really, really good. <laughs> um, the Persona 3 and 5 dancing games are also coming to the Vita 
but mm. they are digital only. And if you give me a second, I can find out. I, I forgot to put that in because they're digital only. Um, but hang on. Dancing. So, Dave, how was your weekend? So, Josh, digital only as in like PSN digital only? Or yes. you can purchase digital codes from... No, 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 no. Uh, PSN. Okay. Uh, only. Um, they're thirty nine ninety nine. Yes. That's, I needed to double check that. Uh, yes, they're thirty nine ninety nine, And there is a kind of a bundle pack for that that's sixty nine ninety nine. It's the Persona 3 uh, Dancing, Persona 5 Dancing, plus Megaverse Costume Pack for the Vita, which is sixty nine ninety nine. Okay. So, yeah. Um, and Andy mentions those games in his review because we got codes for those as well. Nice. And the cool thing is those are cross-save. Um, Very interesting. Yeah, and there is a VR component, but it's yeah, it's a little It's always been a little throwing. minor with some of that stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. they did it, uh, yeah, it's always just a yeah. couple songs here or there, right? So. Yep. Well, right, it's not so, even songs. <laughs> it's, or whatever. It yeah, is. it's a whole complete, yeah, you read, read his review, you'll see. <laughs> um, so... All of those uh, releases that Josh just mentioned are all uh, annotated on the show notes with uh, links to our Amazon affiliate links. So if there's any of those games that you would like to pick up, if you, just like Josh, didn't realize that Just Cause is coming out so soon, um, you can go ahead and still pre-order and use those affiliate links. Um, you can also just go to psnation.com on the left-hand side of the page, click on the affiliate links page, and that will take you to uh, all of the companies that we have affiliations with. You can click on those links and, and purchase something, and we get a commission for that. Um, somebody asked on Twitter over the holiday weekend is if they just literally clicked on the links, do we get <laughs> do we get resources or do we get money for them doing that? Because if we do, they'll sit there and do it for us a million times. <laughs> Mm. Um, I wish. <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, we it 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 only works if you make a purchase. So, <coughs> wow, excuse me. So, uh, Glenn and Josh have talked about it before. If you guys want to buy gift cards, like we get a larger kickback from g- gift card purchases. If you want to get really crazy and buy a gift card and then make a purchase with the gift card, like that's you know like that's a, a thing that you can do uh the the biggest thing is like everybody's buying things right now everybody's doing holiday shopping the reserve online pickup in stores like that helps us as well so if it's something that you're like i really need it today or you want to get a game like you can if you take the time and go to buy it online then pick it up at the store then we still get our commissions and things like that from it but whatever you could do if you're gonna shop and you can take the extra 30 seconds to go through the affiliate links that would be greatly appreciated it's not that even it's a, it's a click it's not even 30 seconds yeah so, <laughs> you bookmark uh, it you click it once bookmark it and you're done yeah a lot of people uh, will uh, add stuff to the to their Amazon carts like on I know the Amazon app is easy um you can add the things to your cart and then just go to a computer and check out um of your cart and as long as you go through our affiliate link to getting to your cart then it also helps us as well so those are all ways of things that you're already going to be buying because you know we're all buying stuff for the holidays for gift givings and things like that so anything that you can do would be appreciated 
Um, other ways that you can support us, uh, our video link services, twitch.tv slash psnation. Um, over the holiday weekend, Michael and myself ramped up the streaming a little bit. I did get a new PC that does stream and doesn't drop frames and does some of the things that I wanted to do. Um, so I'm pretty, pretty uh, excited and stoked about that. It's a huge step for multiple things that I've been wanting to do with the PS Station from since I've been here. Um, so it's a, it's a big step, and I'm very happy with the PC that I got. Um, so on Twitch, you, we are an affiliated Twitch channel, so twitch.tv slash psnation, where you can, if you have Amazon Prime, you can subscribe to us for free. Uh, you have to do that every 30 days, uh, myself, myself included. I think I subscribed while Michael was playing uh, Fallout. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, and so like, so sometimes I miss that as well. So when, when you're watching us, if the subscribe button isn't lit up, then just go ahead and you know hit the subscribe button. Um, it did work on mobile for me yes, now. They they started that like uh, two months ago, a month ago, that you can subscribe on mobile now. Mm-hmm. And yep. You so, can't link your Amazon account on mobile, but you can subscribe using. But Amazon. I think. I think once you've done it, I feel like once you've done it once on the PC, so let's say like now you do it in, in, for November on the PC. Yeah, yeah, you're set and then for when life. You're, yeah. When you're watching on our phone in, on your phone or something in December and you notice that the subscribe button isn't purpled, then click on it and it'll say, do you want to do four ninety nine or do you want to use Amazon yeah. Prime? If, so, yeah, if you haven't linked your Amazon to your Twitch account yet, you got to do that on desktop, but the whole subscribing yeah. through the Twitch Prime, you can now do that on your phone. Yeah, so making it easier for you guys to support us if you have Amazon Prime. Uh, if you don't and you just want to choose to support us on Twitch, it's four ninety nine, um, and you can do that as well. Uh, YouTube.com slash PS Nation. Uh, lots of all the extra life stuff is up uh, in organized in playlists. Josh took some time and did all that recently. So if you missed some extra life or you want to see some highlights from it, all of Glenn's uh, twenty four hours is up there, and all of Josh's twenty four hours is up there now as well, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, awesome. So the extra life stuff is 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 there pretty heavy, and then um, if I if I remember any of the Twitch streams and things like that, we can upload those to to YouTube as well. So those are ways that you can support us through the video services and using the affiliate links. So now reviews that hit the site. Back to Mister Langford. Lots of talking again. Okay, reviews that hit the site. Where are we? Sorry. I was looking at the mobile app, and I can't see anything about subscribing. You have to... On iOS. um, I think... Well, I mean, I know it works on Android, but I think it might be when we're actually streaming. Yeah. Mm, Gotcha. Well, go go stream something. <laughs> maybe maybe uh, okay. I'll just black out before after we're done. <laughs> okay. Uh so sites uh That's Josh's uh, way of telling you he's not subscribed to us. Reviews yeah, probably. <laughs> um reviews that hit the site. Yeah, because I can't keep up with month to month. Uh <laughs> Dark Eclipse for PlayStation VR. It is a free to play game. It's rated T. I didn't know that. Uh, some news just came out about that today as we were recording. I sent it out to our writers. Let's see if it ever hit the site. Um, everybody go check the site. <laughs> uh, so that is from Chaz. Uh, Beat Saber, which was kind of a well-known uh, hit on Oculus and 5, I think. 
yeah. has finally made it to PlayStation VR. It is twenty nine ninety nine. It's rated E. That was Ray's review. It's another uh, game that you can drop like ten pounds playing. <laughs> yep, and a couple from Chaz uh, as I slowly work my way through all those. Uh, Dakar 18, uh, which is an off-road. Um, well, you should know what Dakar 18 is. Uh, it's for PlayStation 4. It's fifty nine ninety nine rated E. Uh, a couple of DLC reviews for Overcooked 2 Surf and Turf, which was five ninety nine rated E. Uh, Pinball FX3 Star Wars Pinball Solo Pack, which is $9.99 rated E10+. Chaz shouldn't have had this because he's never seen a Star Wars movie, apparently, in his life. Mm, they're overrated. Not, not a single one. Did you scold him with an editor's note in there? I did not. Uh, I just left it all uh, hanging out there for everybody else to yell at him. Because uh, I'm sure they will. <laughs> and that's it. I, I don't even know what his Twitter handle is. Damn. Uh, you can I'll do it right there on his on on the review. Yeah. Uh, then Andy's review of the Persona Dancing Endless Night Collection for PlayStation 4, Play- <laughs> PlayStation VR, PlayStation Vita, and PlayStation TV compatible. $99.99 for that bundle. Um, plus the other, what, $69.99 for the... Vita bundle, uh, rated T. And can't wait! Can't wait to see Josh fill the top of that review in for that one. That's already done, dude. Yeah. It's it, the that whole thing is a mess, <laughs> just because of all the different. And I didn't put the Vita ones in there. I'm just right. realizing as I said that uh, I'm gonna have to go back and do that before that actually goes live in six hours. Um. Yeah, because of all the different ways that whole thing comes together, the, it's crazy. So let's you guys go talk about uh, reviews here now of Dave, you do <laughs> Darksiders what, 3. Yeah, why Josh goes and fixes stuff. Yeah. So, all right. So Darksiders 3, THQ Nordic, um, a series that pretty much everybody thought was dead about two years ago or three years ago when THQ went through all of their problems and everything like that. It's been almost seven years since Darksiders 2 came out. Officially came out. Now, we've had like three different versions of this game come out over a couple of years. But, uh, you know, so there's... It's the story of the four horsemen. So Darksiders 1 told us the story of war. Darksiders 2 told us the story of death. And then Darksiders 3 is now telling us the story of Fury, who is a female character, a female horseman. That's what they call it. So, um, uh-huh. so a Bojack Horseman. <laughs> so, um, this won't be a very long review, uh, just because it's not a very long game. Um, it's it's long enough, so it's not like I'm saying it as a bad thing. But I feel like that they just played it very very safe um, with this game. If you played the first two Darksiders, um, you will like this game. Uh, there is, but however, there is nothing in this game that would make a new fan, a new person looking at it, run to go get this game. So, um, the combat is very similar to Darksiders 2 with the RPG elements of killing a bunch of things, collecting souls, feeding the souls to level yourself up for attribute points, or using the souls to buy things crystals to help you in your battle systems like whether you're it's a health crystal or a wrath crystal the the wrath system is still there as you as you 
build up, you know, hits and and, and deaths and, and or kills and things that you get your wrath system, which gives you the ability to do an overpowering attack that heals you as you play. It's Darksiders one and two. More. Um, they didn't do really any huge gameplay element changes. Um, again, as playing as Fury, you get her whip as as the weapon. It's a chain whip, um, and she she can absorb some elements and things like that um, as she progresses through. Uh, and I'm speaking vaguely on that because I don't want to spoil any of the story or any of the things that happen in there. Um, it takes on uh, think of like God of War. PS2, PS3 time frame mixed with a little bit of Legend of Zelda's dungeon crawling style. Um, you know, they even there there is a part in the game where she's she's talking to you and they even make fun of you of, you know, the, uh, of themselves where she's talking out loud and there's three swords you have to get and she's like it's always three. She's like they never do anything different. It's always three. <laughs> so um you know there's upgrades and things like that you can do for fury to to change things and change out her armor um you still use the fast travel points with volcrum um and they i just feel like they played it super safe it's not a bad thing though like um you know like josh was talking about how much stuff just cause 3 changed from just cause 2 and it kind of turned him off on it uh darksiders 1 and darksiders 2 worked um darksiders 3 is more of that, and it works. Um, the camera can be a little wonky when you're fighting. There's been plenty of times where I've been hit by things that I couldn't see because the camera got too tight. Um, but the puzzles were, you know, always very satisfying. Um, Audio-wise, like the the game makes these as you get close to, to things, like it makes these noises that just, as you're picking up collectibles or picking up other things, you can, so like the audio is very good to where you can hear that you're near something or something's above you or maybe even below you. Um, there's nothing more satisfying than like solving the puzzle uh, in one of the dungeons you're in to get to the next th- area and you get that little um, Darksiders jingle. Like I can't, I can't do it, but the like where they, it makes the same noise when you successfully completed it. Like when you've when you've unlocked the door or whatever, um, you know. Like that's all that is still there. Um, you know, upgrading your armor through souls. You know, trying to kill as many things as fast as you can. Um, it's not as open world as uh, Darksiders Two was, um, but and that's okay. It, it kind of feels like they're trying to push this in a direction where they're more trying to push the story. And I hope it means that we're going to get the fourth one, obviously, and get the fourth Horseman story. Um, because this story runs con- concurrent with War story and Death story. Um, which you're you're playing at the same time that... You, you're playing as Fury now at the exact same time chronologically as you were when you were playing as death or playing as war like the thing the the timelines run parallel with each other um and i haven't at the time of the recording this i have not completely completed the game or beaten the game so i cannot speak to how the story uh ties together nor will i because i think josh would physically reach through skype even though he probably won't play the game (laughs) no um i I might (laughs) yeah have you played any of the other ones yeah Okay. Yeah. Um, if there's no there's no online or no multiplayer to it, it's a single player game. Um, I had just recently gone through the first two Darksiders last summer, um, playing them. They were you can still get them. Like you could probably buy both Darksiders games right now. Darksiders one and two for like under seven dollars. <laughs> um, and they're great games, and you should play them. And 
it would just make you want to play Darksiders 3 more. Um, like I keep saying, they, they, they played it safe. Uh, the game is getting a 7.5 from me. There's a couple of issues. I did run into a couple of performance issues where you're going from area to area and you get a what I would call like an un- unnecessary loading screen where the little image shows up the right-hand corner as you're trying to p- progress into a new area. And I did s- see a little bit of like stuttering when there was certain things, enemies on there. But I am only playing on a... You know, regular PS4. So, you know, I know that as they've been pushing things towards the pro, but and I don't have a TV or anything to take advantage of it. But it's it's more Darksiders, and that's that's great. That this is a, this that, that this is a thing. This game is a thing. Like THQ went belly up like three years ago, and I I didn't think that we would get any more of this. So I was really excited when they announced that this one was coming. So yeah, seven and a half. Yeah, it's cool that a seemingly dead franchise has been brought back to life, especially one that the whole point of it was to get that full story of all of them, you know? Yeah. Across multiple games. It's there. The charred console, the, the charred console and everything is there. That's not a spoiler. That happens in the first 30 seconds of the game. Um, you know, there's all that stuff is there. And the, the banter between Fury and her Watcher, just similar to the banter between Death and the Watcher and War and the Watcher and things like that. So it's 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 that. It's what it is. I mean, like, they played it safe, but I, and I'm okay with it. So mm-hmm. It's cool. All right. Michael? Yeah, so I have been playing Spyro the Reignited Trilogy, and this is obviously the remastered versions from Toys from Bob of the original three Spyro games that were on PS1. Uh, I just have to say, like, right off the bat, like, Toys for Bob did an amazing job with this trilogy. Like, the amount of work they put into the balance of giving us that original trilogy but also adding enough new things to it in terms of the visual style, the music, to update it to current consoles, uh, like, standards. Like, they did a tremendous job doing this. Um, They updated the visuals in terms of adding more to it. I mean, obviously, Insomniac only had so many available things to them on a PS1, so the world always seemed kind of empty. You know, there wasn't a lot of like, like trimming and stuff like that. And in this one, they just went crazy with all the different things they're able to do. Uh, all the dragons that you save have distinct voices, personalities, and all the worlds are way more vibrant and lively. Like the, the visual overhaul is just tremendous. Um, they did some good things with uh, the music. They updated the the music. They have the remastered music, which is is it's good. Uh, you can still play the classic music, which I tend to go with more. Uh, the new music is still it still has you know like the heart and soul of the older music, but they're able to get a little bit more fancy than you know they were able to you know people were able to get away with PS One. You know there's way more instruments being used. They can get a little little bit more creative with the original score and they have and it's really good and it's also dynamic which is nice like it will change based on what's happening in the game so you know it'll like slow down speed up that sort of thing uh so they, they did they did a tremendous job with the the visuals and uh the music uh they tom kenny they had him re or they had him record 
the audio, uh, Spiral's voice for the first game, which he was not the voice actor for the first game. So now he is the voice for Spiral in all three games, which is, I can't tell you how, like, I think last time we talked about Spiral, I, I talked about, like, how happy I am with this because I hated Spyro's voice in the first game. And having Tom Kenny just doing Spyro's voice for all three games was a great idea. And they uh, they have a new control scheme, modern control scheme, which it is preferred way to play. You can still move to the classic ones. It's not that dramatic, but it just changes the button layout a little bit more. It takes advantage of all the you know all the buttons that are on a DualShock Four, and helps you with the camera, you know, because camera was always a problem. Um, <laughs> it's one of those things where like I, I just had a smile on my face playing this game the entire time just because it was that great mix of nostalgia and then just like new discovery in terms of just seeing all the different things that they did with the visuals to the game that just made it really amazing Spyro's a really simple game it always was um, but that's what part of the charm is you know with those old platformers you know uh the, the platforming is still solid. The controls are tight. Uh, Spyro still is a little... They didn't change things so dramatically to where the controls are so tight that it's unrecognizable because Spyro's always been kind of loose, you know. You will run into... You know, you'll think you're moving one direction and trying to do a tight turn and you can't, can't quite get it just because the controls are a little chaotic that way. They haven't changed it, changed that feel from the game, so you still have to fight with controls from here or there, but they did a great job modernizing the control scheme as much as possible while still maintaining that, like, that feel for Spyro. Because people will, you know, they're very passionate about Spyro, and, like, they were passionate about Crash. Remember when Crash came out and people were upset, like, Crash is way too hard, and it turns out, you know, they had to adjust, <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's like, hey, new engine, new, new physics, you know, Crash feels a little bit different. Uh, seems like Spyro, it kind of feels a little different from time to time, but it's still, like, that core game, and just slightly better. Um, there's there's honestly not that much to say, like, in terms of, like, uh, how the game plays and feels, uh, there's a couple spots where I feel like they may have tweaked some things, uh, for better or worse, but it's nothing too big, like, uh, in the first game, some of the dogs are a little bit more difficult, or not even difficult, they're slightly different than they were in terms of their design, but it also seems like how it affects their attacks a little bit. But it wasn't too much of a drastic change that it threw me off more than, like, a couple times I interacted with them, and then it's like, oh, okay, they're slightly different, this is how I have to play from there. Um, and then when you go into the other games, the games, or the other two games, they get a little bit more complex in terms of, like, the boss battles and stuff like that. Uh, my girlfriend's actually, like, uh, way better at Spyro than me. She platinumed all three games within a couple days of their release. <laughs> and me and her went back and forth with, like, did they tweak this character? Did they tweak that character? And we found, you know, like, once we put our heads together in terms of, like, okay, what do you remember about this and what do I remember? That they did tweak little things here and there, but nothing really for the worse. You know, like, the things they did change, they had to, to, to make it more you know, make it, like, acceptable in 2018. Uh, it's, it's not a perfect thing. They didn't, they, like, this is, this came up the last, like, week or two. There's no subtitles in the game, which kind of mm. suck. Um, uh, it didn't affect me too much, but I'm one of those people, I always play with subtitles. Um, and especially people with that are hearing impaired, they, you know, subtitles are important. So hopefully Toys for Bob, like, adds subtitles to the game. 
their excuse yeah. of the first game didn't the first three games didn't have subtitles is not a good excuse. Like if you went <laughs> if you put the effort into making new cutscenes, making new music, re-recording the first game, you you could have done subtitles, you know. Yeah. Uh but I don't know, just playing like the like Cyclone Crash came out, you know, just going back to a simpler time in games. Like the the story for the first Spyro is like Spyro calls Nasty Nork ugly, and that, like, rolls the story, you know, of how that game plays out, you know? <laughs> uh, it's just, it's, I'm in between so many different games right now, and it's nice to go back to this, like, pure 90s joy, you know? Just that, that soundtrack, playing that again, uh, and then just, you know, collecting gems. Uh, one thing I will say, uh, one of the negative things, uh, it's kind of hard to see the gems now. I don't know what it is. Like, they, they kind of went overboard with, like, the visuals to where, like, some of the grass is a little too high, so the, some of the gems are now hidden in the grass a little bit. And it's, like, a little nitpicky thing, but... Uh, it's a challenge. It's a challenge, yeah. Uh, but they still have the things that were in the previous <clears throat> games. Like, if you look in a direction, uh, the, the, the screen will sparkle where there's gems, you know, and... Sparks will still point directions to, to where gems are, so it's still it's not that big a deal in the grand scheme of things. But I don't know. I don't have much to say. I'm, I'm not going to break down each individual game, uh, but it's still those games just better. Like to, I, I, I love that Toys for Bob were able to do this uh, for Spyro, and hopefully this means more Spyro in the future. Like. <laughs> I was upset at Activision for holding on to these two characters for so long, you know, Crash and Spyro, but what they've done with, you know, the Crash Bandicoot trilogy and what they've done with the Spyro trilogy, I'm happy that we're getting those games again, and I hope they're successful enough that we can get something, you know, like, maybe we can get some new Spyro games that aren't, uh, you know, Skylanders. Hey, hey. You know, maybe we can be done with that. And get a couple more Spyro games. I'm hoping they do the thing what they did with Crash, where they just like released a level or two like a year later. Yeah, yeah, that'd be uh, cool. Uh, but like I, at I think this, uh, the package is like forty dollars, and yeah, you have to download like a huge patch to get the rest of the games off. You know, if you buy the physical edition, but it's still totally worth picking up. Though you might want to go digital at that point. Um, I, I'm gonna give this game a nine. Like, the, there's not much wrong with it. There's just like little things here and there that could have been done better, or could have been done differently. But overall, like, all three games, like, almost perfected in terms of like these are now the way I'm gonna play these games because I would return to the original trilogy every couple of years. Uh, I will probably not bust out the PS1 disc anymore or my Vita to play <laughs> the original games again. I, this is the way I will probably play the games from now on because uh, they did an amazing job. So uh, nine out of ten. Nice, nice. What we're playing and watching. So, Josh, did you want to go first? Uh, sure. So, a little more Assassin's Creed Odyssey, a bunch of Tetris effect. The kids are way into that. Um, Mason wanted to play GTA 5, so we did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but online. I very quickly. Well, I yeah, I went online briefly, and he's like, "I can drive." I want. I was like, "No, you're not driving while we're online because you." I don't know what's going on out here. And then I had to mute the audio with the online. Yeah, just about. And I was like, all right, no more online. Let's just get back into the regular world and drive around. And my wife's like, why are they playing this? And I was like, he just wants to drive. They're not doing any missions or, or killing anybody or anything. And I have to ask. So when I had Grand Theft Auto 3, my little sisters were like five and six. And mm-hmm. when they would play, they would follow all the traffic laws. His, oh no, he does not. Okay, no. he doesn't. Okay, yeah. no, no, he because he's got all his train games and all his other games where he likes to see how quickly he can crash things. Oh, yeah, so is he good at burnout? Um, God, I should put him on that actually. Uh, I I had to mute the audio on this too because, of course, there's a lot of a lot of f-bombs and all kinds of stuff being dropped left and right and i was like okay and i muted the audio and he's like why did you do that i was like he goes was it because of the bad words i was like yeah we don't really need to deal with any of that let's just you you just drive around and play and then zoe was of course i can drive i can drive and she took control and she started she wanted to get out of the car and just walk around so she was walking around the world and just having fun um but that didn't last that long. Uh, I played Persona 5 Dancing. They got way into that. Zoe wanted me to play that over and over and over and over again. Um, and they're asking me about all this stuff in the background. And I'm like, I'm not even looking at the background. I don't know what the hell's going on in the background. I'm just looking at all the notes. I can't. I, I, leave me alone. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what's happening in the background of these games. But they were. Dance, Daddy, dance. Yeah, they were freaked out by some of the masks and things that the background characters were wearing and all. But I, I then told them about Hatsune Miku. And I had to pull it up on the PS3 and play Hatsune Miku Project Diva F-Second uh, so they could see that and they're like this is crazy and I said yeah well some guy just married Hatsune Miku in Japan and yeah a guy married the hologram um, and his name wasn't Rebbe um, yeah well him and like 6,000 other people that did it because they sell these marriage certificates um, but I showed them Hatsune Miku live on David Letterman and then showed them a concert with like 40,000 people all I was so upset. doing the I, arm movements. I and, missed the concert. They, mm. they went on a tour uh, with Anamanaguchi mm-hmm. and they were in Chicago, I think, last summer and I missed it. Like, well, I want to he- go to one of those. They were here in New York a couple of years ago, and I got an email about it, and I was tempted to try to get a press pass. Um, but for whatever reason, whatever night it was on, I couldn't go, and I forget why. Um, but yeah, they were they couldn't believe that this was actually a thing, and they so they were watching that. Um, my daughter i finally broke down and pulled out the ps2 controller because she's been bugging me to play these pac-man games on the ps2 she wanted me to play pac-man world rally which i played for a little bit and pac-man world 2 the original pac-man world was on the ps1 
and I loved it. And it's like a 3D platformer, basically, with Pac-Man. Yeah, I remember and this. And the, the, the three-pack I have is uh, Pac-Man World 2, Pac-Man World 3, and World Rally. Uh, so we just briefly played those. And I got a phone call from my wife, and Zoe grabbed the controller and started working her way around the world of Pac-Man <laughs> and was just cruising around, doing her thing. So she's learned platforming pretty well. Uh, and then more Minecraft on the Switch, where I finally got up the nerve and I talked to Mason about it, and I built a nether portal and went into the nether for the first time in survival mode, which is d dangerous as all hell. And I was terrified that I was going to lose all my shit, and I, I was very careful about being in there, but now I'm really excited because I'm it's opened up a whole new avenue of things I can do with the, the materials I'm getting and bringing back. So it's kind of neat. Uh, but that's it. It was a bunch of weird little shit that I played. Nothing new really. All right. Um, for me, I played a lot of dark siders three. Um, I played, uh, destiny, Two, obviously, uh, getting near the end of the season, which actually ends the season four will have ended by the time you guys are listening to this, and the new season will have started, so there's going to be some new cosmetics and some new quests and, and things like that, and then the new content for uh, Black Armory comes out in December 4th, I believe, um, so we'll have some more information about that later on the week, so I'm sure I'll be talking about some of that next week. Um, and then uh, Battlefield Five. So uh, EA was kind enough to send us a review copy of Battlefield Five, um, and I took it <laughs> to play. I had a lot of fun with Battlefield Four, and uh, Hardline and Battlefield One didn't review very well. I had reservations about Battlefield One when I got to play it on a PC at the capture event at uh, E3 a couple years ago, um, but it it appears that they've gone uh gone back to heavy heavily swung back towards battlefield 4 um it does take place in world war 2 um uh there is a kind of a campaign that they're calling as like war stories they're very small short things that you can do that are telling different stories of people like during the war the story and the banter between the people is pretty good i'm only a couple war stories in should be able to fully review the game next week um just a lot going on with the holiday and everything like that um, but it, if you, I feel like I just said this, but if you liked Battlefield 4, I think that Battlefield 5 is just an evolution of that. The maps are larger, the areas that you can traverse are, are broader and larger. Um, some of it takes a long time to get from capture point to capture point on foot. And I know Battlefield is a game that also strives on, you know, uh, vehicles and planes and things like that as well. Um, you know, tanks and jeeps and all that stuff. But uh, at its core, it's, it's a shooter, um, obviously. And it, they've gone, you know, the they've gone back to to what worked for them well. Um, there's still you can still feel a little bit of the Battlefield One elements in there a little bit. There's a new spawn camera, um, camera and spawn on system where you spawn on your squad mates. You can actually see their entire screen now instead of just a small like mini map screen of it, and it'll tell you if they're in combat if it's not safe for you to spawn on them as well. Um, so that's that's there. Um, still digging a little bit more into the leveling system and things like that, trying to level up a couple different characters, but should be able to review the game uh, fully next week. 
And, because uh, I'm a glutton for punishment and the people just keep sending stuff and I get intrigued by it all, uh, Scuff did send us a Scuff Vantage controller. Um, which is their PlayStation branded uh, custom controller that uh, first right off the bat, what everybody's kind of been asking me or talking to me about, the offset sticks took about an hour and a half for me to get used to having them. Um, full disclosure, I have not gone back to a regular DualShock 4 since I got this one. Um, so I don't know if that's gonna, if it's gonna bother me or not bother me to have parallel sticks and then offset sticks. Um, and I haven't gone super, super deep in the remapping. I just wanted to get comfortable with the controller at first. Um, but the core of it as a controller, like it, you know, like this is the same controller that Josh and I saw at E3. It, it fits in your hand very, very comfortably. Um, and it's very easy to pop the faceplate off and change some things out or take the rumble out, which I have done. You take the rumble uh, cylinders out and you can put them back in. They snap in. They snap out very easily. Um, There is some wonkiness with the controller that I do need to dig into a little bit and see if I have the correct firmware. Um, One of the things is they sent me the wired and wireless version. So I can connect it via Bluetooth or I can connect it uh, wired. When it is connected in the wired form, I cannot turn my PlayStation on with the PlayStation button. Hmm. Um, it just doesn't work. Um, I can turn it on with a different controller, and then I can, when it pops up on the screen of like sign in with your you know your account, I can click with the the Scuff Vantage and, and select it, and then it works. Um, and it has twice uh, in the middle of playing the game, and I don't know why. Um, just stopped working for a second. Um, I did see something recently about there's a firmware update that's supposed to fix some of this stuff. Um, I haven't really messed with it in Bluetooth format too much. Um, I did connect it in Bluetooth format, which is a little bit of a pain because you had to use the other controller to do it. Like it was just kind of weird. Um, then, uh, and I haven't really, like I said before, I haven't really mapped with or messed with the remapping, um, and the side buttons that are on there. Um, you don't push the side buttons as often as you think you would, but you do bump them. Um, the controller itself, uh, the biggest thing that I've noticed, uh, and I, I, I put this in our, in our Slack channel and somebody wanted me to redefine it. So I'm going to try to use a better word, but the thumbsticks just feel quicker, like as you're moving. And I don't have the extended thumbsticks or anything on there yet. I just have the basic concave, um, thumbsticks you on there. You don't mean there. like looser though, right? No, I don't. So that the that was one of the things too is that uh, as I've been researching this controller even before I got it, there was concerns about uh, dead zone. So what dead zone is is uh, you can definitely see it in shooters uh, heavily, and uh, Michael knows a lot about dead zone as well. Um, th- when you move the controller thumbstick slightly, um, the game should move. Whether it's your the position of your gun or the position of the camera, it should. If you start moving it and you and you can feel it moving, like it should move. And what a dead zone is, is when you're moving the stick and it doesn't move. And now sometimes those dead zones can be very minute. Um, the the Sony DualShock 4's dead zone is almost nothing, and other controllers' dead zones can be pretty large. Um, uh, but it appears that whatever issue they were having with Dead Zone early on does not appear to be an issue right now for me, um, which is a which is a very good thing. It's one of the first things that I tested even before Michael asked me about it. Um, so that's there. The I feel like the share button is a little delayed. 
Um, but again, I need to, to probably update the firmware, check to see if I have the right firmware. Um, has it, uh, and has the share been delayed on your other controllers? Cause my share is garbage lately. Like, uh, I don't, I, to be honest with you, I noticed it on the Vantage and like okay. I said, I haven't gone back to the other controller yet, so I probably need to do that. Um, I did notice it like while playing Darksiders cause I wanted to get screenshots yeah. at certain point in times and it wasn't happening. My share is uh, just terrible lately, so that might okay. not be a Vantage problem. Yeah. Okay, um, but I mean, overall, so far, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, I'm going to dig into it a little bit more. I wanted to just get, get comfortable with the controller. A lot of people are like offset sticks. Nope, don't care. Like the controller costs um, $170 for the wired version, and it's $200 for the wired and wireless version. Um, the, the and again, some of the quirks. I feel like the first. Or I'm going to do a positive and a negative with this real quick. So when it's in wired format and you plug headphones into the controller, the headphone jack on the bottom, um, I feel like that the it sounds better than it does on a DualShock Four. And I don't know if that's. And again, I'll have to do a little bit more comparing and contrasting. But just the the audio things that I've been picking up, the balance between the game and the party chat, I feel like is a lot better. Um, and so far, the only thing I can think of that. The difference-wise would be the Vantage versus a DualShock 4. Um, but it also has that volume, that touch volume bar at the bottom of the controller where you can adjust the volume of your, he- your plug-in like headphones. That. It's a little bit of a pain in the ass. Really? Um, the controller has muted itself multiple times, and I don't really know why or how. To hmm. where I'm talking and nobody can hear me, and I look down and my controller's got the little red light on it. And... Um, the the slider thing is nice because you're playing you can and you can turn it up and down or you can just tap it and mute it. I just have a hard time when it auto mutes itself, um, which I, I'm saying it auto mutes itself because I don't think that I touched the touchpad, but I could have. Um, I can't like I have to like or it needs touch a it, firmware like, or, update. I have to touch <laughs> it like three or four times to get it to unmute itself. So. Um, I ju- the reason why I keep saying firmware, like I'm sorry, um, I just found out that these controllers take firmware um, within the last 48 hours, and I haven't had a chance to really dig into it. So it will be something that I look into, and it obviously will be something that I will have in my review of how to pull firmware for it. <laughs> um, but I have an innate problem with DualShock 4s where I beat them to hell. Um to where my like my left stick, the, my left control stick, uh, tends to drift. Um, to where after a certain amount of time, I beat it up enough. And yes, I know that is probably from playing shooters. And yes, I know that's probably from primarily playing Destiny and running a lot. I'm fully aware of that. But um, and I can't tell, I can't speak to the constructive of, construction of this controller yet until I try to beat it to hell. So, um, but early impressions are, I'm still a little, it just just hold off if this is on somebody's christmas list or something like that maybe just hold off a little bit um the controller as itself is a is it works great all the buttons and everything work great the paddles are in great spots the side buttons i think are in good spots the triggers are are, are fine um i i've got to do a little bit more comparing contrasting you know even speaking to to michael now he mentioning about the share button i thought it might be a vantage thing but um but I would just hold off. Let me mess with a little, uh, mess with it a little bit more. Um, try out some different headphones and things like that with it. Um, I will, like I've said, like I mentioned earlier, I will be trying to stream a lot, like the next couple weeks. So if you guys are seeing me streaming, you have questions about the controller, feel free to ask them. Uh, go ahead and tweet at us at questions. Um, you know, at PS Nation, yeah, and I'll be more than happy to to answer them. So that is it uh, for what I'm playing. 
Okay, uh, then I'll go next. And I've been playing a lot of Tetris Effect still. It's my go-to game now anytime I want to catch a break. I'm desperately trying to unlock the, the 1989 Game Boy skin, which just <laughs> looks amazing. I was only able to play it during the weekend ritual, I think the first weekend, and then it went away. You have to get to level 50, and even though I play a lot, I'm only like level 25 or 26, so I have a long way to go to unlock that skin. Um, then uh, still playing Call of Duty every night, which every time I say that, I still don't believe in 2018. I'm fucking playing call of duty but i am every single night <laughs> uh my squad we've hit a stride to where we won four blackout games this weekend um like everyone is like finally hitting a stride in terms of like we each know our roles and how to take care of them and we're just doing really well in terms of like getting kills being smarter players like knowing where to go what to do we were using all the perks it's really nice once it clicks like everything clicks and your squad's working well and now we pretty much win a game at least the last couple nights we at least win one game a night my favorite uh win which i think is the one i uh, ended up streaming a couple days ago uh we won it without actually killing the last person uh because we the circle was closing in by uh some docks and we were in a building in the circle and the last person thought they were going to win by hiding under the docks. But the circle closed away from the water. So he drowned outside of the circle. <laughs> so we just won, like, trying to find the guy. And then finally we looked down and we just see him drowning. And it's just like, oh, okay, cool. We won. The guy was just really hoping the circle would close on him and then we would be screwed. But I think the game knows not to close the circle in the middle of water. So... <laughs> I'm pretty sure they would have the Treyarch would have done something to prevent the circle from going in the middle of water. Uh, so that was probably like my favorite win, just because it was it was a dumb way to win. Um, then uh, I've been playing Fallout 76. Um, we've had a lot of questions about Fallout 76. I hate it. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Man. Yeah, I love the Fallout franchise, and what this is, is like... So, I love Fallout, but I know that the garbage, or the garbage in that game is the shooting. You know, like, the things I love in Fallout is the deep story, all the crazy side quests you can get into, the lore. And it's like, Bethesda are like, okay, tell us about the garbage part again, let's make a whole game about that, because this game is just... They, it's pure shooting, you know, you're just constantly shooting everything, and there's no real story, like, there are no NPCs or anything like that. You're just going to terminals to get quests, or you run into, like, robots that give you quests, which isn't, like, too unusual for Fallout, that a robot gives you a quest. But there's no, there's no, it feels like, I don't know, it just feels so empty and lifeless without all that stuff. And I know there's, like, story reasons like hey you guys are the first people out of the vault not a lot of people are settled but it's really annoying like the first set of missions that i did i, I streamed this like the first two hours you know they're like oh go see the go see this person in this town they'll let you know what is going on you go to the town up oh, that person's dead it's just a dead body oh but they recorded a tape before they died telling me i should go see this other person to see what's going on so i go to that other person oh they died 
Luckily, they recorded a tape before they die. And they literally do this, like, for every mission. Where it's just like, oh, let me go find this person. Oh, they're, they're dead. Luckily, they recorded an audio tape for me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just constantly doing that. And just, like, it's, it's kind of a technical mess. Like, the game's an always online game. Uh, when you get disconnected from the server, which has happened to me three times already, I've put about 10, 10 hours into the game, 10, 12 hours, and it just it freezes up the system to where you don't know if your system hard crashed or if you got disconnected from the game, uh, which obviously you find out by hitting the PlayStation button, but it'll make the PlayStation chug to where it, like loading up the, the PlayStation menu takes a little bit longer than usual. Uh, so that that's sucks and there's just like a lot of pop in like the game looks good but there's a lot of texture pop in just uh you know like actual like objects popping in enemy ai is some of the worst that i've seen in a long time uh you'll have ghouls running around that have handguns but they don't actually raise the handgun up they just kind of always have it in like sidearm like they're busting out a duel and they just kind of, some of them will walk, run at you, but oftentimes they just kind of sideways walk and shoot at you. And it just looks kind of ridiculous. And the, the shooting's t- bad in Fallout games. It's always been bad, which is why they made the VAT system where it freezes time and, or slows time down. Uh, but since this is an online game, they can't do that. So all VATS does now is highlight your percentage, your, your percent chance of hitting them, but it's so quick that it there's no point um so i'm just like really frustrated with this game and i'm, I'm chugging along just because I'm, I'm doing a review and I, I i still feel like i need to see more of it to see if there's something because i know people are enjoying the game there's a lot of people that are having fun with the game uh though it sounds like most of them are having a f- having fun with the game using it as like a clubhouse you know just playing with friends just doing whatever yeah but there in are groups yeah four or five six of them so but i could do that as well but there are better clubhouses to play in you know like destiny that is a good clubhouse game you know because you can talk with people do like the mindless raid type not raids my raids are not mindless but you know like events and stuff like that mm-hmm. um yeah. And but you're still kind of having fun with the shooting mechanics because there oh, there are good shooting mechanics in Destiny. Um, same thing with Call of Duty, even though it's more competitive. Uh, with Fallout, it's just you're not having fun with the gameplay, and most of the fun I've had with other people is just laughing at some of the weird glitchiness. Uh, I've had like enemy NPCs pop up in front of me, and then when I go to aim at them, they disappear, and then they pop back in after I leave the room, and that's like oh okay. Uh, there's been a couple instances where it's like uh, they'll do like events, like random events will happen, and it's like oh, go to this area and kill the 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 creatures. You have 15 minutes to do this. I, I go to that area and none of the creatures spawn, but I see on my mini map or my compass they're here, but I can't find them. Type of thing. Like the, the, the game's just filled with bugs. It's just it's really disappointing. Uh, man, like. Talk about just like completely a disappointment for for like a Fallout fan, just because like I love Fallout for the story, and there just isn't story here, um, and it's just a technical mess. Which Bethesda games are always a technical mess; they're always buggy, but there's at least something still there, and this is just like all the bugs without like the the, the story that draws you in. 
Uh, and in terms of like the the online stuff, like and I, I pull up my map and I only see maybe like maybe 10, 12 people in my map that I don't really run across. Like you can see their icons. Uh, and when I do see them, some of them are have, have their mics on and stuff like that, but no one's really ever doing anything. And I don't know. It's just, it's just a, such a bummer. And <laughs> the funniest thing, which I think I was streaming is I checked out their, their microtransaction store, you know, but it's all cosmetic, but holy shit. Some of the prices for their cosmetics is hilarious. So like a hundred nuke points or coin uh, or, uh, bottle caps or whatever their currency is i'm pretty sure it's bottle caps for the online store uh it's like a hundred equals one dollar so if you want to get change your color scheme for your pip boy which is a little handheld thing it's five dollars to change the color scheme for that jeez um like costumes are like three to seven dollars um everything is just really expensive it's all optional so it's not that big of a complaint but it Based on how the game feels in terms of, like, I know a lot of people worked on it. There's a lot of effort put into this game and all that stuff. But it feels like a cash grab. It feels like they did all this just so they can have their store to make money. You know, like, it's just one of those things where it's just like, this doesn't feel good. Like, uh, we we have a question we'll get to later uh, from the community. Uh, But it just doesn't feel good. The, The only... The only good that can come from this is they won't fucking do this for Sky uh, for Elder Scrolls, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, is this supposed to be like their game as a service? Though, is there going to be like events that happen in this? Like, what's going to bring you back to playing this game in a month? That's what I don't know. Like, it has the elements that you would see in like a Destiny in terms of like you know random events stuff like that, or you know like you know traditional like MMO ish type game. public yeah. events. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if they like have a roadmap or at least one they've announced um or that i've seen um but even then like they they can't do paid dlc for it for this game in this state you know like yeah not even paid dlc though but where are the legs like where exactly yeah yeah. you know like you know destiny or, or other games have an end game like even division you know and anthem like people have been ripping the mess out of anthem right now because they don't know what they're going to do like in the uh, anthem hasn't said what's going to be happening after you play through the story and stuff like that like and what i've heard about fallout 76 is it's a lot of fetch quests it's all fetch quests it's all most of the time like uh, early on, I'm just going to this computer terminal and clicking a line, you know, clicking like quest for, for it to spit out quests and all the quests are like, oh, go kill this many things or go find this guy. And then you go find that guy. It's like, oh, I need three things dead or not a guy like another terminal or a robot saying like, I need you to kill these three creatures. Or I literally had a mission early on. It's like clean up all the bottles at the shooting range. <laughs> you know it's just like well somebody's got to do it someone's got to do it but and there's only like three other people in the world like you said yeah so it, <laughs> it, it's it's just frustrating like i don't know what they're gonna do uh they they have a lot of work ahead of them if they're gonna make this anything resembling like or makes make this feel worthy of the fallout name it didn't uh, get like a giant patch too already on console <laughs> um yeah i got a 50 gig patch um, luckily, it replaced the game, so it didn't stack. 
but yeah, there was like a 50 gig. It was either 47 or 50 gigs, something somewhere in between there. But yeah, it's got a huge thing, but it didn't fix anything. I've still had the same amount of problems. Oh, jeez. Um, so I'm continuing. And we're talking. We're talking about bigger problems than just classic classic Bethesda problems, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the classic Bethesda problems are still there, though. You know, a lot of those problems can also be with NPCs, but there are no NPCs, so those problems aren't there. But we're having, like, game-crashing bugs. Uh, They clearly, this engine was not meant to work online. You know, like, it is struggling to, like, load, you know, various things. And I'm playing on a pro, so I (laughs) wouldn't feel like texture popping would be such a big deal on a pro, you know. But I don't even want to know how this game runs on a regular PS4. (laughs) Uh, it's a real bummer, but hopefully better. they have. Huh? <laughs> it was better. It wasn't yeah. optimized for the pro. Yeah. It's a locked <laughs> frame rate, so it doesn't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, um, it, I, I hope they have a roadmap and have something planned to make this. Or maybe you know, maybe I get twenty, thirty hours into it to see some worthwhile content. But I don't. I'm kind of tired of like wasting my yeah. time on if the, games. If, if that, the content's not there at 12 hours, it's not going to be there at 35 hours. That's that's my problem. Is like I'm kind of tired. When I was younger, I would be able to do that. Like I would play something that sounds like no, 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 no. 25th it, hour. It it really up. opens up at hour 108. Like <laughs> yeah, I don't have time for that anymore. So like I, I, it sucks though. Now like when I play it, you know like. I feel like it's just a chore. Like, I'm just just like, come on, Bethesda. There better be something here. Uh, I don't feel like... like <laughs> No one buy this game right now. Honestly. <laughs> like, seriously. This isn't my review. Uh, but who knows? Maybe next week we'll just replay this and I'll throw a score on it. But, like, seriously. Yeah. Like, right now, in its current state, like, don't buy this game. If And I'm not discouraging the people that are having fun with it if you're having fun with it good for you like have fun with you know whatever you want but for me it just it's doing nothing for me um and and to be clear like you you loved fallout 4 yes i gave it a 9.5 i might have given it a 10 like and this is like i i asked this to a friend of mine that plays this a little bit too like do you feel like this is a stopgap between Fallout 4 and 5, and that's what they're just like trying to plug it with this? It's a shame if that is their stopgap, because when they had a stopgap between 3 and 4, we got the amazing New Vegas, you know? Like, like they could have just done another New Vegas-type game, you know? Like, give it to another studio, let them make a Fallout universe game. But instead, they went with this, which I'm assuming this is just an experiment to see what they can do in the future. Uh, with other franchises or with the Fallout games, but I, I doubt that future is going to be this anymore. Or if they do this, they need a new engine. They can't use the same engine. You can't use the Gamebryo engine or whatever it's still using. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's a disappointment. So, review scored low. I'll reveal the actual number when I actually <laughs> review it. <laughs> All right, you playing anything else? Uh, no, I did see the movie Overlord uh, in D-Box last week. It's the uh, J.J. Uh, Abrams uh, studio made like a, a Nazi zombies movie. Uh, it's really good. I, I really loved it because it was in, I, I, we saw it in D-Box, which it's been a while since I've seen a D-Box movie. And 
holy shit seeing a movie, a war movie in particular, a World War II movie in D-Box is very interesting when the bullets are flying around and your back of your chair is giving you gunshots and stuff like that. Uh, but the movie was fun. It's, it's a good just like random popcorn flick. Uh, but that's it for uh, playing and watching. Um, all right, so move on to the community stuff. Um, so you can send us questions using hashtag AskPSNation on Facebook or on Twitter. Uh, the Twitter people, I think, uh, maybe not this week, but Twitter people in general got to step their game up, don't they, Michael? Yeah, yeah, Twitter, <laughs> I, I get some people. Again, like Dave always says, you don't have to wait for me to post about it uh, to send us stuff because I do check the hashtag ask ps nation on twitter and facebook um but yeah just just constantly send that stuff i I, i'll find it (laughs) all right so jeff writes uh what do you think of new games reviving the spirit of older games like grip bringing up the memories of roll cage from the ps1 is is that a good thing or is it like movies rehashing old ideas instead of inventing new ones hmm no, I think it's good because you you're going from a PS1 game to a modern update, you know? And everything borrows from something, you know, if you take the famous Simpsons did it, you know? Yeah. Anything you can come up with the Simpsons has already done. Uh any video game idea you can come up with most of them have probably already been done. We do get a lot of, a lot of. We get a we get a fair number of very novel and new ideas, but you can see their roots in something that came before, um, almost always. So that you're just going to see that. You know, it's. I think it's neat having kind of an update that's done right. You know, just sort of an homage to or or a. It evokes memories of yeah. an older game. What if we could do this but better? You know, how many or things what, were what, what they think is better? So. How many things were limited by tech back then? Yeah, that they finally have the tech for now. You know, yeah, that, I guess that's a better way of saying it. Like, oh, what if we could do it? Like, what if we could play this style in 3D? You know, or something like that. Yeah, so. ET motherfucker. <laughs> you want an ET game in 2018? I'm sure they're no. just. We're, I'm sure we're like a year or two away from them rebooting ET since they want to reboot Back to the Future. I, I think there's a PS1 ET game, and I think I might have it. Do you want to reboot Back to the Future? How you guys feel about that? No, I really don't see any need to do that. <laughs> Unless they the bring back so. Eric Stoltz. Yeah, just. But they'd have to do the Marvel CG where they make him young again. That creepy <laughs> like Ant Man <laughs> CG and the the, the the Robert Downey Jr. CG from the Avengers movies. They have to do that. Yeah. All right. Um, next question from uh, at on Twitter at B seven two eight three S O S U. That's not After real. Get- <laughs> <laughs> so this one's for Josh. After getting more playtime, how are the one-up arcade machines holding up? Quite good, actually. 
Uh, I was actually just playing one before we before we started tonight. Um, the one thing I did kind of mess with on the Asteroids machine, the spinner, the the dial there for for Tempest and um, Major Havoc, it had that clicking uh, feel to it. And I took apart the, the top and looked at it and I put some weights inside of it to give it a little more weight and I put some spacers in between, uh, some washers into where the screws are just to lift it up a bit. It doesn't click anymore, but it still doesn't do free spinning. Um, there isn't really a way to do it with that. And I was looking around online and somebody actually did uh, a full-on mod with a completely different spinner, which just involves a crap ton of soldering and, and switching wires out. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that, but that would be nice. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not going that far. Um but yeah, I you know, I pop them on at least once a day, once every other day, uh at the most and just get in a couple games and you know, it's nice. It's nice having them. Um those cabinets sir? were two fifty during Black Friday. They okay. were? Well, yeah. yeah. Even the Walmart ones. The ones that have multiple yeah. Ugh. I was so close, but I, I have no room for them. Yeah, they're good. They're a lot of fun. Right. Uh, through Twitter again, at jhall03. What is the deal with MJC's love of the song Girlfriend? Wait, it you're is... a Matt... Wait, 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 wait. You're a Matthew Sweet fan? No, no. <laughs> I am a fan of the legendary Avril Lavigne. No, 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 no. The girlfriend is a Matthew Sweet song, and uh, beginning, middle, end. That's it. That that's a Matthew Sweet song. Started really nobody else. You, Josh. It, no, nobody else no. has done a girlfriend song. A no, song called is, Girlfriend. It yeah. is one of the greatest pop songs ever made. Yeah, from Matthew Sweet. No, from Avril Lavigne. <laughs> um, right behind Complicated, Skater Boy, and Hello Kitty. It's one of the best songs. <laughs> it's at least Avril Lavigne's best song. No, it's a. I, I like it because it is a very dumb song. It's a beautiful love song. Uh, and it is just like playing Burnout Paradise. Burnout Paradise is one of my favorite games. And one of my, all, most of my memories is me just doing stupid shit in Burnout Paradise to the song Girlfriend playing. Like, it's just, uh, it's just a fun pop song. Like, I really like, I really like cheesy pop songs. Especially hmm. early 2000s, mid-2000s pop songs. That's, like, horrible. But it's great. You know? I mean, it, it's a great song. If you don't like it, you gotta, you're, you're a terrible person. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Chip uh, through Twitter says, Will we see any more big releases for PS4, or do you think that they are shifting creative resources to next-gen? Ghost of Tsushima, mm-hmm. Last of Us Part Two, Death Stranding... Yeah. Uh, dreams. <laughs> There's but, still plenty. Uh, but that's the thing. Is he talking about um, first party big releases or just big releases yeah, in general? Because, I, yeah, I don't know. 
Division Two, Skull and Bones. Um, I mean, there's a lot coming. The new yeah. un- the the Star Wars game from Respawn. I think that's yeah. 2019. There's still plenty what's that, there. What's that game from? Um... Beyond Good and Evil will probably be PS5. <laughs> but that's yeah. the thing. I will always point out, you know, and I'll, I'll bring this up every single time. God of the original God of War came out at the end of the life cycle. God of War 2 came out when PS3 yeah. was out. Yep. God of War 2 released in 2007. I mean, Last the of PS3 Us was launched much at the in end of PS3 cycle. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. There's, there will likely be some new, big, huge game that comes right at the end, and they may do a second version of it on the next PlayStation. Um, but, yeah. And if our backwards compatible dreams come true, maybe we'll get those cross-gen games to where it's like better on PS5, at least for the first year of PS5's existence, existence before they just, you know, cut it off. Now, I would be shocked if this next generation is not backward compatible. Which with which would then hopefully PS4. at least lead for that first year where it's like, "Hey, this is on 4 and 5." Well, yeah, and, from third and, parties at least. Or it's built for four, but works runs better on five. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, but that's one of the other things they, I they have to do it because it's hundred almost a hundred or ninety million consoles that they can't just gut away. Well, yeah, there's that, and then there's like for VR with yeah. the inevitable refresh that there have been hints of uh, patent for PlayStation VR two. Um, obviously, there's going to be a refresh with that, but having a huge built-in library right out of the gate rather than having to start from scratch all over again with the PS5. Oh, go buy a new headset for another $200. Oh, and by the way, you have to start over with all new games because we don't have any for it yet. Would you? Would you? That would be insane. But but are you happy with where PSVR is right now in terms of the the hardware, or would you be against a refresh that they would have to start over? That would be no. a better screen. No, but if if you have a better screen, all that does is allow you to use the existing or assets. Not you a know? better screen, better controls. Like the move controls are still kind of limited. <sighs> limited how? Um, in terms of. Uh, the way the, the way it works is the the camera setup and everything like that. Though I guess if they wanted to do like a Vive thing, they could just make you buy more PlayStation cameras. <laughs> uh, the, the the tracking on PSVR compared to Oculus and Vive, it's it's kind of a big difference in terms of the tracking. Though PSVR at least stays away from more complicated games tracking yeah. wise. Well, I but that's the thing. I I expect there has to be a refresh on PlayStation VR because you need better hardware to. You need a better screen. You yeah, need, better screen would be. A you need better all around, and if they can get it wireless, which I know is not an easy thing to do, <laughs> uh, almost do, do, impossible. <laughs> the the, the um, wireless. HTC or HTC has a wireless one. It's actually pretty okay, apparently. So, so. I, what I really expect is that you know the breakout box will be gone. Uh, it might just be a single simple wire that goes right in oh, to the PS5. Like um, but you know, I 
What was this question? Where the hell are we? <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about. Are, are they Michael, Michael's, Michael's adding on to it. Are, are they shifting resources to <laughs> the Oh, yeah. No, well, yeah. I I don't know. Let's just move on to the next yeah. one because we just I'm completely group, fell off the map together, there. That's so. why, yeah, why I put them next to yeah. each other. Yeah, so this is Two Hands Revy on Twitter and Stefan on Facebook. So Revy writes, uh, Fallout 76, buggy mess, or just means... Or, or just a means to help you appreciate and play Fallout 4 more. That's his part. And Stefan's part is how gutted is everyone that Fallout 76 is terrible, especially considering how good Fallout 4 was. Do you think they have done a Mass Effect and killed the franchise? Okay. Well, so First of all, Mass Effect did not kill their franchise. Like I think that that's, there's still likes to that franchise. So. No, well, they at least mm. killed the Andromeda trilogy. Mm-hmm. That's dead. They yeah. now have to reboot again. Um. Fallout 76, like, in terms of do I appreciate Fallout 4 more? Like, I appreciate all the Fallout games a little bit more. I kind of want to go back to New Vegas now. Um, They didn't Andromeda, the franchise. Um, If anything, they have now got a cheap pop at their Nest press conference when they say Fallout 5 is a traditional Fallout game and then the crowd loses their shit. Like, they they earned now a cheap pop. Uh for the next Fallout game when they're like, hey, it's a traditional Fallout game. Or, hey, we're going to do online again, but it's going to be like Elder Scrolls Online and be like an actual fucking video game. Uh, but, yeah, no, nah, they didn't kill the franchise. I know Fallout's way too big. Go into, like, God, you can go into, like, Target and go into Best Buy and there's, like, Fallout swag everywhere in those oh, stores. which reminds me, Lego Fallout. Lego Fallout? Yeah. Oh, they wait, they actually have Lego Fallout characters, or you want I, that? No, I saw on Twitter, I saw from one of the official Lego accounts. Uh, really? Because their Legos always had a hard stance with associating with you know mature-rated things. It's why they rejected the Firefly set. I don't know if they were. I, I didn't look too closely at it. I, they may have been fucking around, but it was like the opening that... that opening trailer from Fallout 4. Yeah. Remember that initial trailer? Was redone in Lego and somebody was saying that, yeah, it's happening or something along those lines. I I, I don't know. I Let me look for it. You, yeah. you Fall- keep talking. Fallout is bigger than Fallout 76. It probably would have been huge news and you would have known it by now if it was actually real, but yeah. <laughs> I swear... Well, Legos always had the hard stance yeah. um, on mature rated stuff. Um, yeah, but they always make things goofy. I mean, they're doing. Uh, go ahead. Well, they, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not talking. Yeah. The, the only reason I said that is because like uh, that Lego site where people make their own sets, and then Legos like we'll turn the most popular one into an actual set. Uh, Firefly was like number one, but they said there's prostitutes in there, so no. So I don't. I don't think a Fallout. Lego wander the waste and no here it is it, and this is really? from this is from the the global community manager from tt games lego games yeah that's why i i believed it was real when i saw it wander the wastelands with lego fallout youtube link gameplay coming soon like hashtag lego hashtag fallout what the fuck yeah okay i'm down for that i guess let's go yeah lego fallout teaser trailer that's insane. Yeah, see, yeah. Fallout wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Is uh, this stay. teaser trailer for real? It can't be. But but either way, like Fallout seventy six, like 
it's just going to be a blip on a radar at the end of the day. It's going to be the thing that they they joke about, you know, to say, oh, we, we won't do that again. Or they fix it somehow. But, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you got to watch this. You're going to freak out because it, it's the Fallout 4 trailer just redone in Lego. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, last question tonight is apparently uh, let's make fun of Dave. So um, this comes from Derek Tensa using hashtag AskPSNation. Why can't I watch hentai on the PS4? I have no idea what hentai is, and they wouldn't let me Google it when they put it in the agenda. You can't. No, you can't. If you Google it, you have to go incognito. We'll wait. <laughs> Google it now. Oh, my goodness. Google it incognito right now. <laughs> um. Okay, while he's doing that, it it may be that it was recreated in Lego Worlds. Okay, I just I just want to see or hear Dave freak out if he Googles hentai. Yeah, just oh, it's anime porn. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no, no you, uh, you can totally the PS4 browser is still one of the most popular browsers for adult entertainment websites, apparently. So. There you go, buddy. Just, uh... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if they're ever going to put an app on there for it. <laughs> no, no, I don't think Crunchyroll has hentai. <laughs> hmm. All right, so that is it for our community questions. Again, you can uh, send us any of those things through email or social media. Email is podcast at psnation.com. Uh, it's also on the Contact Us page on the left-hand side of the website, right there by the affiliate links and things like that as well. Um, you can send us them through Twitter. You can follow the main account at psnation.com. Uh, you can go to the forums as well. Like the show notes are always posted on the forums. Uh, lots of people were talking about episode 600 on the forums and also, uh, facebook.com slash psnation page where you can find us on Facebook and drop us a like. And then that's, we'll see when Michael puts up the stuff that we need questions for the week. Uh, you can follow every one of us on Twitter as well. Like I mentioned earlier, the main account is at psnation. Josh's account is at PJF Josh. Michael's account is at the first MJC with a one ST for first. And I am at the Destiny Dave. And that is episode 601. So please, if you listen to 600 and you like something, let us know. If you've listened to this one, made it all the way through, and you like the format again as we're tweaking the format slightly a little bit more, let us know what you think. Again, you can do that through Facebook or through Twitter or through the forums. There are multiple ways for you guys to reach us, and it is important to all of us that the feedback is heard and known. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, Josh, got anything? Lego Fallout is real, but Um, it's not. Shout out to uh, Love and Music uh, on SoundCloud. He provided the new theme that we're using right now. Uh, you can find them at soundcloud.com slash L-U-V-A-N-M-U-Z-I-Q if you want to hear more of his uh, Simple. <laughs> yeah. Put that link in the show notes, Michael. Yeah, I am. <laughs> All right. Everyone have a great week. Talk to you next week. Lots of stuff on review. T- everybody's review plate next week. Maybe Josh will review Assassin's Creed one day. <laughs> Crap. Yeah. Next week. <laughs> And maybe I'll love Fallout 76. Probably not. Nope. (laughs) All right. Everyone have a great week. See ya. Bye.